This is WNHH 103.5 FM LP, and this is the show. My name is Michelle Turner, and I have been doing this show exactly three years. That's incredible to me, Harry. It's been three. Two? I think I got something. I don't know. I did get something today on LinkedIn saying happy anniversary to me. So I know it's been, let me see, since 15 maybe. So that's two years, right? Yeah, so it's been two years as of, I guess, either last week or this week that I've been doing the show here. And um, it's been a blast. It's been a lot of fun. Haven't had too much controversy on my show when I used to sit for um, the the pundit panel on Fridays. And I might come back. For a couple of Fridays, if Paul's allow, if Paul allows me, because um, there's so much going on right now, so would love to get into the fray of that. But the show has been pretty smooth, and that's because I get to really choose who I'd like to talk to and what issues and subjects are mattering in my mind at the moment. So, in that vein, in the studio with me this afternoon is one of the candidates in New Haven's race for probate judge. And most of us know him in New Haven as attorney Cliff Graves. I know him as Cliff. Yes. Um, And Cliff has been someone who has been a go-to for me on civil rights matters, not only in the state, but in the country. And, uh, I'd like to welcome him today to the show. I've been trying to get him to come up yeah. here and talk about other things. Oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> thank you, Michelle. But thank you for Apologies, being here today. Yes. I- I'll let you slide okay. today, you know, because this is a little different. Yeah. Cliff is one of the candidates and the Democratic nominee by the Democratic Town Committee in New Haven for the seat of probate judge, yes. which Jack Keyes is retiring from after many years of service. Yes. So, Cliff, you've run for mayor, yeah. <laughs> and why probate judge? And why, why, I mean, you know, the obvious now is because, you know, Judge Keyes sure. is retiring. But why are you choosing to run for public office again? Okay. That's a fair question. First, let me thank you, Michelle, for inviting me to be on your show and, um, and follow your years of service and, and to this community. Thank you. To this community. We appreciate you. you and you have been a strong advocate and strong voice for many in this community for many years. We appreciate you greatly. Thank you. Appreciate uh, that. Thank you. Um, so to, to, to the point. So, yes, uh, going so probate court, the Office of Probate Court, um, of course, the service the District of New Haven has been, the seat has been filled for the last 32 years. Wow, by, I didn't know he was there that yes, long. Judge Jack Keyes, John Jack Keyes, who... In the minds of many, uh, certainly is a legend, if not, mm. if not an icon, an iconic figure in New Haven politics, and certainly on the bench. Yes. Uh, in fact, the Keys name, his father actually preceded him as probate court judge. So it actually has been a Keys as pro and serving as probate court judge for over well over forty years. Um, well over forty. So, 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 so G- Judge Keys decided uh, several months ago for a variety of reasons that he would step down, and when when that vac- when that uh, opening uh, occurred 
a few months ago. Uh, Judge Keys actually himself had actually spoken to me about just just considering it you know, when, when, even before he publicly announced. Because I've done some work in public court for the public over the last several years as a conservator and as an attorney uh, under Judge Keys's uh, stewardship. And um, he mentioned it to me back in the winter that I that I should at least consider running. Mm-hmm. And at the time, you know, I'm, I'm doing my job is, and we talk about that in, in, a, in a moment. I work been working for the last several years with Mayor Hart, directing the project Fresh Start that we were scheduled to talk about a, a while ago. <laughs> uh, project Fresh Start, which is the city's prison reentry program, and it, 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 that that program in and of itself presents a tremendous challenge, uh, a daily challenge for, for we have hundreds of folks coming back each month to New Haven from the state's penal institutions looking for help and hope. And being in that position, I think, has certainly been, it, it's been beneficial to some extent, but, but certainly it's been frustrating in, in, in many instances because of the challenges, the obstacles that men and women face. But um, but we've enjoyed that experience, and, and but, I, but I thought about it uh, because in the aftermath of Judge Keyes' final, uh, I mean, official announcement, Several folks began to call me and ask, well, why, don't, "Why don't I consider this?" Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I thought about it, mulled over, prayed over it, and, and consulted with various friends and, and and advisors, and decided to throw my head into the ring. Primarily because, again, the probate court. If, when we talk about this in a moment, the the nature of what probate court does, the service that it provides mm-hmm. to so many families in 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 New Haven, is consistent with my life life experiences of being in public service. Uh, my my entire public career, my entire professional career, uh, mind you, has been in public service. I worked um, for, two, for two different mayors in the Corporation Council Office, Ben Delito and John Daniels. I worked as a staff attorney uh, for the Housing Authority here in New Haven as Director of Diversity and Equity under Michael Dante, President of Dante at Southern Connecticut State University, um, presently serving, as I said, Director of Project Fresh Start for Mayor Harp. And so that that combination of experiences um, coupled with my community work and, and, and volunteering in, in a number of agencies and, and entities from the Parent Teachers Association to Community Mediation to the NAACP to Amistad America, um, been running a mentoring program for, for, for young black and Latino boys uh, for, for at, at Brexler Grant, Lincoln Bassett, and Roberto Clemente Schools to any, any number of, of, of initiatives I've been involved in. Uh, though I think all, all those things combined, that combination of, of, of diverse experiences, professional experiences, community experiences, I think have more than prepared me for for the work that, that that's rendered at probate court. The probate court, the, even the work we do now at Fresh Start, is about providing help and hope, help and hope to folks coming home. So, and having been a part of Judge Keys's court for the last several seven years, and then having clients and 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 cons- and, cons- and being a conservator. And observing the way he operates and the, and the nature of what that court does, um, it, it, it basically said to me, this is another opportunity, a different opportunity at this stage in my career to be of service, to be uh, in, in, a, in a different capacity, in a different forum, but being able to impact um, the daily, directly on the lives of, of men and women, of children, of families, of elders, of those who have mental and intellectual disabilities in a very real, very real and meaningful way. So, so that's a long way to answer to your question, but that's essentially why I, I've thrown my hat into this ring. Because I was going to ask, yeah. you certainly have background as an attorney. Yes. But with all the things that you have done, does this really kind of fit? And you gave the reasons why. Sure. But, you know, if I'm on the outside looking in, 
and I see all the things that you've done. How am I supposed to believe that now Cliff Graves can also be who this a probate judge? Sure. And that's, that's a different question. And here's, and here's the thing. And I guess what's, what's difficult for folks to wrap their arms around is the fact that there's not been a real election for this office and for this seat in over 30 years. The probate court judge is the only judge, judicial office in the state of Connecticut that's elected. Mm-hmm. Every other judge that serves in Connecticut is appointed. is appointed by the government. Yes. So, and since, it, and since Judge Keyes has been around so long, I mean, they're like gen, almost two generations of Keyes have been in that seat. <laughs> and, and yes, he has some token opposition here and there. Some 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 elections that were, that were more competitive than others. But for the most part, Jack Keyes has been the perennial candidate mm-hmm. and, and, and always elected by by, by very, uh, usually a large margin. So, it's the first time in many years that this community has had to, to figure out, well, First of all, to find out what, what Judge Keys does, what probate court actually does, it does. and and the fact that Judge Keys Jack has been there so long, it's like, well, okay. And, and so what what has happened, quite frankly, as we've gone as we went around the city doing the, the initial phase of this process, which was with there were three candidates at the time. There was myself, of course, Amrico Kasha, who's now on the on the ballot for the primary, yes. and Orlando Cadero, who was with us initially uh, with the uh, <clears throat> we were trying to get the Democratic Town Committee endorsement. And what we all what we found is that even those who, who, who deem to be consider themselves sophisticated voters and, and educated citizens, enlightened citizens, were were were, were perplexed to to, to find rap, to find out what exactly does probate court do. Mm-hmm. Though even those who had been to probate court weren't sure what else probate court did beyond handling wills, wills. in the states. Because perception of probate, probate, when you hear the word probate, people think wills, wills, right. trusts, estates. But the, the probate court does so much more. So the fact that probate court deals with guardianships of and deals with foster care issues with children, right. conservatorships for, for children and adults, deals with a commitment for commitment to facilities or, 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 or denying commitment to facilities uh, for those with, with, mental, with mental illness, with mental health issues, uh, those with, again, with mental or physical intellectual disabilities uh, to make sure they're cared for and taken care of. Oftentimes, sometimes families just don't have the resources. Mm-hmm. To take care of other family members, mm-hmm. so the court has to take a, a different role then and try to and try to figure out, interact, intersect, intervene if need be to find out and ascertain well what services uh, should the state provide or individual provide. What can what can the court do to make sure this person, this family, is taken care of? So, to, so to your question, the fact that I've been involved and engaged in, in a variety of, of of entities and institutions over these last thirty years, thirty years of of working, living, and serving this community. So when you work at Having worked under, under really three different mayors mm-hmm. in City Hall, so being a City Hall in Corporation Council of the lawyers for the city, you get to understand and appreciate the services that the city offers, what, what, what the city can do, what, what resources are available in the city to help those who, uh, whether they're children or families in distress, mm-hmm. whether someone with a substance abuse problem or whatever it might be, that the court might inter- have to intervene and assist and help and provide services for that person or that family. Working at the housing authority, certainly which deals with, you know, a certain population or a certain income right. uh, population in the city, the largest landlord in the city, having worked there as an attorney and being and as a hearing officer. I was, I was in a position there to actually hear cases and grievances brought by residents who had issues relative to uh, any number of things regarding the number of folk they can have in the house or, or a, a child who may have run afoul, run afoul of the law mm-hmm. or so and then have children that, that have other issues, either legal issues, criminal issues, substance abuse issues. Having, and, and trying to provide help for them as opposed to evicting them. Let's try to find a, give them assistance. Uh, that they a solution. Need. Solution. Social work, so the social service agency. So being working, again, city of New Haven, 
the housing authority, and then you shift over to even the Southern. In Southern, I was director of diversity and equity, which meant I had to had oversight for implementation of and enforcement of the of the, of the university's uh, diversity policies to make sure that we, we didn't discriminate against or mistreat anybody based on race or gender, sexual orientation, religion, disability, whatever it might be. So again, it, I was in a position where I had to at least know of, uh, be, be knowledgeable of the law, be knowledgeable of rules and regulations governing uh, the protection of, of, those, of those protected groups and being able to find that identify resources that were available to assist uh, in terms of education, enlightenment, or whatever services these, these folk might need. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, now, and then more recently, in working now with the city with the Project Fresh Start, we have men and women coming, coming back home from these penal, penal institutions, again, looking for help and hope, looking for resources. Um, 80% of the folk coming home have some type of chronic illness. Uh, 75% has some kind of mental illness. So we, so again, so our job is, though we're a referral resource center, we have to, be, have, to have knowledge of, once again, what's available. Mm-hmm. What services are what services are available from from Hill Health Center to Yale New Haven Hospital to uh, Connecticut Mental Health to Clifford Beers to App Foundation to Workforce Alliance? People need jobs, they need housing, housing. I mean, the the the, the plethora of the variety of services and resources that New Haven is blessed to have. Uh, we had to have knowledge of and in, in, at fresh start. So all those experiences, having worked with folk, work with those agencies, work with those entities, worked with. You know, from DSS to the DCF to all the, the other, other entities that that, that that we have access to in the city of New Haven, I think have more than prepared me for the, for the cases that come or the person, the individuals that come before probate court. Because probate court, and, I, and if you look at what, what probate court does, uh, I, I said this during the, during the campaign, the first part of the campaign, it's, more, it's really like the, a legitimate people's court. Mm-hmm. It's a real people's court because you deal with people, you deal with families. And even if you, if, if anyone in listening has ever been to pe- to probate court, you know it's even set up differently. So Judge Keys doesn't sit up on a in in right. a, in, in a, in a rectum, a, a, right. you know, a rostrum or or, or a, a podium. He sits uh, on the same level. Right. Uh, he he's at a desk. He's at a desk. Right. I've he's been in his office. You know, you know, he's got a desk. He's got a desk. It's, it's like a conference room, right? But as opposed to a courtroom, he doesn't wear a robe, so it's not intimidating. So the whole idea, the whole concept behind probate court is to present a, a welcoming, uh, user friendly. Uh, client-friendly environment, so folks come in. Whether they're grandmothers who are looking, see, seeking for assistance, help, help, looking for assistance to help with their grandchild, that they that because the mother's incarcerated or the father has a substance abuse issue, whether there's folks coming in to try to take care of their their elderly parents or grandparents, you want to have a comfortable uh, environment there. So that that's been fostered, and that's pretty much the case around the state. Mm-hmm. And I did so again. You want someone who's, of course, who's who's. Uh, Who's a, a people person? Uh, who's uh, who do you want to continue to foster that environment, that mm-hmm. legacy that Judge Keys has created, but also one who's connected to the community. Throughout the campaign, we talked about it's very important, and, and that whoever sits in this seat, and we think we well, we like to believe we have the necessary tools and, and we're equipped with this, that you had to have first competence. I think the first C we talk about the three C's of this campaign: competence, being uh, intellectually and and, and professionally prepared and equipped to handle the responsibility. A legal background? Legal background, yeah. Tufts University undergraduate, Georgetown University Law School. Been licensed to practice in Connecticut for over 30 years. And having and I, and I laid out earlier the different, the various professional legal experience I've had, corporation counsel office, housing authority, and working in, and, and more recently working in, public, in, in probate court with Judge Keys for the last seven years as an attorney and a conservator. Those, those experiences combined 
the couple with the other administrative experiences or professional experiences that I've had, I think have prepared me. And, and, and of course the second piece is compassion. So competence, yes, compassion though, critical, critical, critical and essential to be an effective probate court judge, a compassion and empathy for those who come before you an understanding and appreciation for what it means for a grandmother on Winchester Avenue to, to come before you or grandmother in East shore to come with you, you know, because, you know, the grandma, they may be in different neighborhoods and have different backgrounds, but they have similar challenges. Mm-hmm. How do I, how can I, how, how do I, I care resolve for my this issue? Resolve this family issue that's, 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 that's crushing me right now. And, and, and how do we work it out? And what can you do judge? What can you do court to assist me in handling this? Um, that's, that's real. And, and, and having knowledge of these, these various communities from New Hallville to, to, to Westville, to East shore, to West rock and Dwight and, Dixwell, I mean, in all neighborhoods in between, having worked in those neighborhoods these last 30 years and, and, and you know, been engaged in different community initiatives in these various neighborhoods, understanding the, the, the similarities and the differences that exist between Wooster Square and, 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 and Winchester Avenue, to understand that, but also respect it and, and, and bring that knowledge, that knowledge base to, to, the, to the table. And, and, and when you deliberate on cases that are brought before you, I think it's essential. So that compassion, and that's what a compassion element, and the third C, connectedness, being connected to the community, because one has to be to to, to to being doing effective judge. I had some judges even tell me when I, as I was uh, when I when I was contemplating this run, judges says, "Listen, uh, you obviously you have to be a lawyer to be to be a probate court judge." But they they were very clear. They said, "Your legal background, your legal skills are important. Your legal experience is important, but it takes a different set of skills to be a judge." The different type of you talk about judicial temperament. So, you know, so but, yeah, I was going to say. Right. So, what are those things to you? What are those things that that qualify someone outside of those three C's? Sure. I think, well, I th- well, I think yeah, the the judicial temperament. And people, what does that mean? Well, a judge has to be level headed, and and certainly better be fair. You always want to be fair. You want, you want to be mm-hmm. fair to all, all who come before you. But again, as Judge Keys was fond of saying, and he and I have talked about this a number of times, he said, "Listen." What, what his father taught him as probate, and when he was probate court judge, to, to, and he passed on to Jack, was listen, since you, for the most part, you're dealing with family related issues in probate court, for the mm-hmm. most part. Mm-hmm. In some, some form of fashion, it deals with some family member or family entity, division of property, how do you work with reconcile, resolve family challenges. And so, and, and oftentimes you're dealing with situations where a family member has to be taken away from the family, or someone's coming before you saying, look, this person has. Uh, a, a mental illness or a physical illness or some other issue that requires the state or some other entity to step in and take that child or that person away from the family. And what your job is in probate court is to weigh all the facts and all the factors, but try, as Judge Keyes said to me, do your best to keep the family together mm-hmm. unless you can't. Do your best to keep the family together unless you absolutely can't. And by that he meant if the circumstances and situation presents itself that you have no choice, you have no alternative but to place this person, uh, commit this person into to an institution mm-hmm. with, for the help they need, or that the family's financial situation, or or even uh, the, the family may not be functional, maybe may might be dysfunctional for any number of reasons, and that person, that child, or that even adult might that may not be the best environment for one. If you if, the, if those the facts present that to you, then then you have no choice but to do what's best in the best interest of this child, as as this adult, uh, as the case might be, and so. Again, judicial temperament, temperament being having understanding and, and we be able to balance those facts and factors, but also again having the knowledge of of the state's institutions. Because this is beyond. Let's be real. There's some institutions in the state that are better than others. 
in terms You're of taking care of folks. You know, and they, you know, we can argue and debate, and I don't want to besmirch in the industry today, but but we know <laughs> there are enough state. You know, you, you've heard the 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 horror stories that abound right. about very different state agencies that we won't name today. But 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 one, some have a, a, some have a bad reputation, some have better reputations, as we know. And so your job as as a, as a probate court judge is to ascertain the, to determine. You know, well, what's best? Let me look at this agency, look at this entity. See, is this agency the best one to handle this, or should I refer refer to somebody else? And the beauty of New Haven in particular, not not just the state of Connecticut, but New Haven in particular, we have we're blessed to have so many service providers Mm -hmm. that that have that provide any number of services. You know, from physical health to mental health to to intervention on on any different levels to children to adults. You know, someone with disabilities. I mean, we have. A, 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 a plethora of resources, and one ha- if you have knowledge of those resources and the ability to bring people in, you because the judge you can you can ask basically testimony. Yeah, the, the judge has the the. But I'm talking about you, oh, Cliff yeah, Graves. Oh, absolutely. I, 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 because again, going back to those those thirty years of, of service and and being connected again, going back again from the housing authority to to city hall to this, to the program president now we're dealing with formerly incarcerated men and women who have any number of issues, any number of challenges that run the whole, the, the gamut mm-hmm. uh, from, from jobs and housing to mental health, to substance abuse, to family, this, this dysfunction to family re- reconnecting to child support, all that. We did, we deal with all that. We deal with all that just right now. And just in the last four years alone, coupled with the seven years of working in, in, with judges keys in judge keys court as a pro in probate court. I think all combined, I think to provide a, a, a variety and array of experiences that have connected me with with the, uh, with the, any number of resources. And, and the, we, listen, we identified when we were just doing the Fresh Start piece a few mm-hmm. years ago when Mayor Hart first was first elected. She char- charged us, uh, the community services department, to look. Listen, we we knew everyone knew there are a variety of um, a number of service providers in New Haven that purported to do work around reentry, around formerly incarcerated folk. We just had no idea what the number was and what people did because they're folks operating their own, you know, uh, silos, as right. you will, because nonprofits and people, would look at, you know, people work, operate with blinders. Not, you know, not everybody, but many did and many do. We identified, Michelle, over 235 agencies in New Haven alone that purport to do reentry work. Now, that's a, for a city this size, that's a lot of agencies mm-hmm. that purport to do this work. Mm-hmm. Some are doing good work, some not, some better than others. But the point is that when you identify those and, and who purport to do all this work, you say, well, gee, well, with all due respect, that clearly we aren't doing as good a job as we ought to be. Cause otherwise, we wouldn't have all these folks living in shelters, all these folks coming. We got 100 folks coming back home a month from the state institution coming back to New Haven, 100 a month. Come back looking for help, looking for housing, looking for jobs, looking for, and the, and folks running on the green, living in shelters, coming to the office frustrated and ang- you know, separating angst because the service is not there. So the point is to, to your to your question, having knowing that, seeing that, realizing that, and working with the mayor's office, and to try to identify and coordinate those services, mm-hmm. you get a better idea, and, and you and you and, and and certainly as a judge, even more so than being an administrator of a city program, you're in a much better position. And a much more a much stronger position to say to state agencies, nonprofits, et cetera. Look, I think you know. I see what you what you purport to do. I need. I think I need you to do this or this mm-hmm. for, for this person or for this family. And can you do that? Can you work together on this? Can we make this happen? And and as judge, you have oversight responsibility, right. and you can have folks report report to you, report back to you to 
to make sure that, that this child or this adult is being taken care of or this family is intact, whatever it might be. So, so, the, so, so to your question, yes, I believe the, the experiences that I've been, been fortunate and blessed to, to have uh, in these 30-plus years of working in New Haven in, in, a, in a variety of capacities have, have, given, have provided me the necessary context needed to effectively run. Because, again, there, there's several things in, in, in incumbent in being a, a good judge, a good probate court judge. One, you have to have knowledge of the law. And any lawyer, I mean, no matter what, right. what judge, and, 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 and you know this, it even, and I guess because this, this particular position is under scrutiny because it's an elected position, but, and, and I follow, as a lawyer, I follow the appointments of, the, not just Governor Malloy, but even prior governors have made to the bench, to Superior Court judges, and even other appellate court. And you look at, if you, if you, if you did, folks did background checks, just, just, just Google all the, just the, the judges in the state of Connecticut <laughs> and just look at the, 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 the background checks on different folks. You see, they, they come from these judges who do perform, you know, essentially the same function in the Superior Court. You, right. they, they, they rotate and they, they move them around. But the point is that they, they come with, from varied backgrounds and experiences. You have some judges who've had maybe 20, 20, 15 to 20 years of service as a, a prosecutor. And that's right. it. That's all they've done. So you say, well, gee, as a, as a Superior Court judge, you know you're going to just handle criminal cases. You're going to handle right. other cases. But all, that's all the experience they have. But yet they've been, they, but they've been deemed fit to serve as a Superior Court judge. Yeah, on, the, on the flip side, you have judges who, who now, who's, I mean, who have all that experience has been as litigators in civil court. They've never had, they haven't handled much criminal stuff. dealing with workman's comp workman's cases. Workman's comp cases, corporate lawyers. Mm-hmm. And so you don't have many, but you have some with, with that type of background. So the point is that even when the, the governor appoints I'm sorry. Appoints uh, judges. Um, he looks at a variety, of uh, array of backgrounds and experiences, and they, and they, and he gets he gets a mix. Folks, oh, so there's no there's no cookie cutter. Like, well, you have to have X number of this, and even the, and they, the only difference, of course, is with the, the when the judge when the governor appoints judges, he gets inf- input from the Connecticut Bar Association. They have to vet, and they basically have to pr- sanction right. and approve for the for the governor moves forward. Um, and and but even then, you have judges sitting on the bench now at the superior court level and at the appellate court level who have a variety of experiences from civil to criminal, some mixed, some not. You have some judges who were just teachers. That's all they did with, with taught law. They were just professors and, and never really practiced law. So, so again, so when you talk about experience again, even for probate, your probate is, is in some ways a specialized field, but on the other hand, it, but because of what it does and, and uh, uh, the impact that it has on families, individuals, you have to have knowledge of more than just the law. Anyone can read the law and interpret the law, you know, if you have a law degree and some background, but do you have an understanding mm-hmm. uh, and appreciation for what this, what, what the case is about, what the services that, that are, that are necessary needed uh, to, to, to take care of this family or five of this individual. And that's where, at least from, from where I sit, Michelle, my, my, my experiences, uh, not just the jobs I've held in Corp Council and the housing authority and sitting Southern and even now at Witten city hall with project fresh start it's being being involved and engaged. So when you set, so when I, when I served as a member, a board member of community mediation and a hearing officer, when mm-hmm. I served as a hearing officer for the housing authority, a hearing officer for the board of ed, a hearing officer for the for for a community commission on equal opportunities. So those experiences and actually hearing and a hearing officer at Southern Connecticut State, I actually had to investigate and actually serve as a hearing officer when grievances were brought against the against the uh, against individuals. There at uh, either professors or administrators, and or against the, the school itself. So having been actually having sat 
as an administrative hearing officer and those different capacities also prepared me because that's what I, that's what you do as a judge. You sit right. and hear cases before you people mean grievances before you. Your job, your task is to to deliberate. I mean, hear the evidence, hear the, hear the presentations on both sides, deliberate, and come come back with a fair uh, a fair and just verdict of, of a fair and just ruling based on all the facts that you've ascertained and heard. And but also, but as you go forward, because usually with, with in probate court, this, it requires some solution. It's solution based. Like, how can we resolve this? What right. can we do to resolve this? And again, that comes with yes, yes, having the knowledge of the law and the process and procedure. But but just as importantly, if not more importantly, a knowledge of okay, if this child needs help, or this grandma needs help, or this auntie needs help, or this parent, this family needs help, can you identify and pull in, bring in the resources necessary to make this work? Um, and I believe. That I, Certainly, the experiences that I've had, the context, the networking that I've done, the networks that we have, I think have will, will certainly uh, uh, assist, and and and, and certainly um, I think uh, assist, uh, yeah assist in many ways and 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 enhance enhance the my legal experience, my and professional background, and in, in services pro, as probate court judge. So, you hold this position with the city. Yes. How are you, do you give up that position as probate judge? Because Connecticut law says you have to be reasonably available at all times. Absolutely. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, well, actually, the short answer is yes. Well, short and long answer is yes. The pure answer, period, is yes. So so the way it works is right now. So presently, I'm still, I wasn't required, and I I had a discussion with the mayor about this out of respect for her. And the fact that she honored me with with disposition is in And how long have you been doing Project Fresh Start? Yeah. It's been three years now. Okay. Three 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 years, uh, almost three and a half years. And you give a little background about yourself before we launch into that conversation. But you you've taught at Gateway. Yes, still teaching. Um eighteen years. And you you do the prison reentry program, that's three years. Yes. You worked at Southern Eleven years. As the director of diversity and equity, uh, responsible again for oversight and implementation of the, of the university's diversity program. So that deals with students as well as faculty and staff to make sure that the university had a diverse student body as well as faculty and staff. And when cases or incidents of grievances were brought, uh, with people alleging that they were discriminated against or mistreated because of race or gender, ethnicity, religion, disability, etc., my job was to investigate and to resolve. Those, those those cases. Yeah. Now you also set on some statewide commissions. Yeah, did, yeah. I served. Um, oh yeah, I ser- actually, in, when I when I served at Southern, I was actually president. Thanks for reminding me. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> you forget stuff. I served as actually president of the statewide affirmative action uh, diversity council. Uh-huh. I served actually three terms as president. Uh, of that count- and that council was was a statewide organization of diversity officers who worked not only at universities like I did, but also state institutions. So mm-hmm. Department of Social Services or, or Department of Justice or Public Safety all excuse me, all had affirmative diversity officials. And we convened monthly to talk about issues and to network. And my role was to, to as president, was to, to bring folk together and to serve as advocate for change of, of and, and, and to to so so we so we can navigate the, the process better, all mm-hmm. of us. So I work with the attorney general's office. We testified before the state legislature on many occasions. So, so but I did that was a yeah, that was one position I did hold at the state level. Uh, worked uh, I served at um, on different on different different ventures and different junctures rather 
served as on the executive committee of the NAACP, the local NAACP, served for a while with the state NAACP uh, as an advisor. And uh, uh, commission, ahead. the African-American Affairs, yeah, Affairs I, Commission. Yeah, I did. Actually, I wasn't actually a member, but I was. Um, I did work with the African-American Affairs Commission. And, and uh, actually, when, when I served as the president of the statewide Affirmative Action Council, the Diversity Council, I worked with the, uh, the African-American Affairs Commission on different programs, and we, we promoted several things together, workshops and networking opportunities. Uh, yes, I did work with them, and but also work with the Latino, the Puerto Rican Latino Affairs Commission and the Asian Affairs Commission as well uh, in, in our effort to, to, to bring about diversity and change statewide. Statewide. Policies, right? So your conversation with the mayor about yes. holding oh, yes. the position. Yeah, well, we had to, I had to make it very clear. I had to get the mayor's permission because, again, out of respect for her, and she and her and she had done and she had wanted to convey to me that um, the importance of I had to do my job first. I could run, but I had to do my job. And I, and I, so I, and I said to the mayor. In fact, that's why I went to the mayor. I said, "Look, I'm gonna let you know, mayor, I, that, that you I'm I'm paid to do this job. I'm hired, and I, I will do this job and commit my time and energy and effort to this job. Anything related to the campaign will have to be done on my own time after five on the weekends, what have you. So mm-hmm. and so we had we and so she was fine with that. And so, but but we also understand that if we are blessed and, and, and honored to be successful in this, in this venture, uh, and again, the, the primary comes up September 12th, for the Democratic primary, the general election is November 7th. Uh, uh, if, if we're successful, let's say come November, uh, then uh, the position, you don't, you don't, none of us really officially take office, the mayor and all the others, right. until January until 1. Until January 1. So as of January 1, uh, I guess as of December 31st of this year, I'd have to step down, probably, I'm sure before then. Uh, and, and as director, press start so I can get ready and prepare for this new responsibility. If I'm honored by the city, by the people of New Haven, and it's two years or four years probate. Well, fresh is four years, but okay. but, interesting, but the interesting thing about this race is because Judge Keys is stepping down prior to the conclusion of his term. Uh, there's one year left on his term, so this really this so the election this this election this year is a special election. Because it's four, it would it, take you to four years, right? So, so this is like one year. This is a one year term. So basically, okay. I'm running for one year. So, I, so I have to run again. If I'm successful, I'll have to run again next year. Okay. For the four year term. Okay. So this is essentially like a one year term race, <laughs> one term away, <laughs> which is kind of bizarre, but it happens, you know. Especially right, right. So we, so we went into that, you know, all of us have gone into this with eyes wide open, and that, uh, but the hope would be that if you get in. Uh, and and do uh, even though people have a, just a short window to observe you, your behavior, your conduct, and your performance, that mm-hmm. you, you you do well enough to that folks would, would feel feel free to to uh, to give you another chance, extend it. So next year this time we'd have to run again for the full four year term, right? So you do you see yourself as as shaping this position, or 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 changing anything, or kind of letting. Things continue the way they are, but putting your own stamp on. Mm-hmm. I mean, and sure. and when I say that, you know, of course, everybody that comes into a position puts their own stamp sure. on it. That's kind of standard. We know that. Sure. But when I say that, I, I guess the question is: Is there anything that you see that you feel like needs to change in that office, or is there anything that you? think needs to be streamlined or modernized or where are you where are you seeing taking this office well a couple of things one and and, and the challenge of course and the difficulty that, that our office anyone would face and we, we and we discussed this even during the, the town committee 
sessions uh, around the city because Judge Keys has been there so long, and it, and because his his personality has shaped that office mm-hmm. so much so that he's like the dean of the appropriate court judges statewide. So the other judges who I, because nearly everyone has, has served less time than he has in the right. position statewide. So I, I have to believe that. Uh, and and even according to Judge Keys, the judges from from West Haven all the way to Hartford to Bridgeport across the state have come to him and, and sought his advice and counsel on how, how to do certain things, how to run the office, how to set up the office. So so given that, you have to give deference and, and the respect to his legacy. That okay, um, yeah. And 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 in terms of, and some things you look at, did you did you hope to continue? And one thing in particular, Judge Keys has set up funds. Uh, or, or different funds to assist grandmothers in particular who mm-hmm. end up having custody of or, or guardianship of their grandchildren because mother or father have issues, whatever they might be. And so, something like that, this, this, this fund, this, this fund he set up, was certainly we look we look to keep, maintain, and expand and, and enhance in any way we can. There are other funds that we're looking at some in that, uh, discussions that, that that that's primarily for grandmothers who are co- who are guardians, but we we are looking at maybe even expanding. That's mm-hmm. fun to include conservators or concerned other family members, if possible. That's something we have to look at, look at and explore. But I think he set, he's basically uh, set set the standard for us and 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 raised the bar for us so that uh, we we can we can emulate this in a positive way. Some things, though, other things we look at for sure. Um, even just out of Judge Keys' own mouth, and even my own my own professional experiences and working with probate court. The forms that are that are that are established for folks to complete, mm-hmm. or, you know, for if you're if you're a conservator or a guardian or just having anything, anything to do with probate court, they, they need to, they need they need to be reviewed. Uh, there needs to be, I think, some revision, amendment, changing. Some in some cases, maybe throwing them throwing them out and starting over again. Mm-hmm. Um, Judge Keys gave an example to me recently where they said that was an MBA kid who came to his office who had to complete some forms who stood there at the counter befuddled. Because he's an MBA. He couldn't figure it out. He said, I said, not him. He said, I'm an MBA. If I can't figure out how to complete these forms, how do you expect some person off the street right. to come in, a grandmother right. or a grandfather, just a regular right. person coming in? Right. How do you expect them to complete it? So, so, so just key said, based on that comment, the person with the MBA said that uh, maybe to look at these forms a little closer mm-hmm. and maybe come in and do some some tweaking for them. So that's just one example. So one thing certainly we would look at is uh, you want to be, because again, one, one thing that, that all courts have to be, all public offices have to be, uh, user friendly, customer Correct. friendly, consumer friendly. So let's find and if, if the forms uh, are a major barrier for some, let's just find ways to to to, re, to tweak them, revise them if need be. Um, and 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 so that's one area we can certainly could look at and and study. And that would, and that would not only require looking talking to the, the current office staff to see what kind of response and reaction they've gotten from customers and clients, but also I, I would venture, and I, I think it's, it's mandatory for. For for me, if I'm elected, to go to Hartford and go to Bridgeport, go to Waterbury, go to Stanford, talk to the probate my colleagues then, and and probate because hey, are you, are you having the same problem here in, in Waterbury or in Bridgeport mm-hmm. or Hartford? And if if, if there's similar problems, then we I, I would suggest that we get together and as a as a group because there's a the way it works in Connecticut, there's an office of probate court administrator that out of, in West Hartford. That's the person who oversees all the courts statewide. And you all have to have a certain amount of training. Exactly. Correct. You you have right. to in order to keep that Absolutely. seat, you have Absolutely. to go to X amount of workshops. Now, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. So what is they've already sent us the paperwork. We, we we researched it and got it. So well, listen, if if you're fortunate enough to be elected, we're mandating 40 hours of training wow. before you take the seat. 40 hours before you even sit in that bench. I mean, sit in that chair. 
uh, come January 1st. So so it's already set up. They said these are the dates already set up. Uh, November, whatever, whatever it may be. <laughs> After the election, November, December, you come and take take these take this take these hours. We certify you, and then before you can sit on the bench. So because the point is, so again, that's another acknowledgement. You talked earlier about experience again. So no matter how much experience you have, you know whether it's my seven years or in my, my opponent's case, you know he's had he's had more experience than I have direct experience in working in probate court. I have more experience, broad experience, professional experience, legal experience. And, and working in a variety of capacities and very variety of forms and in the community than he has, which I believe is an, an asset for me. But but either way, no matter who's elected, we both have to go through forty hours of training. Mm-hmm. No matter so the so the, the, so the, pro, the That's state, a great equalizer. Exactly. The state says, listen, no matter what you bring to the table, you have we mandate you go through this. And not only that not only that, forty hours before you take the seat, but every year we require an X number of right. hours of, of upgraded training, of continuing educational training because things change. Uh, the laws change, the technology changes, rules change, et cetera. So they want to make sure that whoever sits in, in probate court, as probate court judge is, is is up to speed. And and so and then of course there are meetings periodically, uh, quarterly meetings I think of the probate court judges uh, to for for very for continual legal legal education and updates, et cetera. So 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 to your point, yeah, we have to. Um, it's in, it's incumbent that you do 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 you do do you do diligence? Excuse mm-hmm. me, the due diligence necessary study. Uh, as the Bible says, to show yourself approved. As I said, approved. So you had to study hard, work hard, stay on top of things, surround yourself with a competent staff of folks who, who you can rely on, you can depend on, who you can trust to make sure you're giving the right information and, and deliberate. You know, there's rarely, and, and, and watching and observing Judge Keyes and being a part of probate court for these years, rarely is the judge required to make an on-the-spot decision. So, oh, yeah, make, I need a decision right here today. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, yeah, uh, but but usually it's Most after, of the time, it's the not. Time, you, you can, you can, like most judges, you know, you go to any court for the most part, it's like, well, you know, let me deliberate on this. Give me a week or give me two weeks and they would, you know, whatever it might be. Sometimes you require on the spot, as I said earlier, and, and you have to be prepared to do that and, and have you, and have the necessary knowledge base and background and, 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 and information necessary to make a decision on the spot if need be. But for the most part, you, you, you allow, you are allowed time. Cause again, the, the, the court, the system understands that some, some cases, the judge needs to deliberate on. Right. If you if you're talking about again a grandmother, even a grandmother having having a guardianship over a grandchild, and the mother is fighting that whole mother or right. mother-in-law for right. that, then you have to you have to weigh that. Say, so, you know, do I really want to do this? Is, is this mother's or this parent situation so 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 dire uh, with substance abuse or with with domestic violence or uh, with a criminal whatever it might be a mental illness, whatever it might be, that that, that, we, that, that I'm going to inject myself, interject myself into this matter and give this child to the to the grandmother. Because, uh, again, it all comes down to doing what's, be- what's in the what, best, the child's what's in best, the best interest, interest yeah. of the child yeah. or, or, or the adult. So the idea, again, is to show, study to show yourself approved. Do, do, you, do, you, do you do diligence? Do your homework? Do your studying? And But also, again, being able to rely on not your, your own judgment, your own intellect, being able to reach out and and take advantage of the enormous resources that New Haven has in all fields of endeavor. That and especially be those 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 cases that come before probate court. You have have your finger t- have, have your have your fingertips set on the ready to bring people in to bring in so experts in certain areas to get their advice and 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 weigh it accordingly. One minute. So go okay. Tell Joe. Blow, yes. New Haven resident, J- Joe P. Citizen. Joe P. Citizen. Why he should consider you for this office? Well, again, 66 or less. Uh, Clifton Graves Jr., 
one who has lived, worked, and served in this community for over 30 years, has the perfect, the competence again, the, the, the educational background, the professional legal and administrative experience that qualifies me and has equipped me uh, to, to serve in that position, the, 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 the second C of compassion, having empathy for those who come before the court, no matter what neighborhood, what background, what race, ethnicity, uh, where, where do they come from, but give them the compassion and empathy they needed to, 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 to render justice and fairness. And finally, connected to that is, of course, the connectedness, being connected to this community, being a part of this community. All key elements, competence, compassion, connectedness to New Haven, to the people of New Haven, to the communities of New Haven that would that, would, that have more than prepared me, adequately prepared me to serve as a fair and effective judge of probate. Vote September 12th, <laughs> the Democratic primary. Which is a special election this time around as the person who does get this seat only serves one year, one year. and then they go back to be reelected the following year. Yes. Attorney Cliff Graves, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you so much, Michelle Turner. <laughs> I appreciate your time and, and good luck to you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for, for your questions too. No problem. Right. Thank you for being here again. Thanks, Harry. Thanks, Harry. <laughs> He's always sitting there getting it in for me. So I appreciate you too. This has been the show for a Wednesday, but we will be back on tomorrow, 10 a.m. and then 6 p.m. Harry assures me of that, so I'm trusting him on this. All right. This has been the show. I'm Michelle Turner, and this is WNHH 103.5 FM LP, New Haven.